0: Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. So here you have this setting in which the children of Israel have just experienced some great success Followed by some great failure. Uh, previously, right before this, is the famous scripture we talked about just a few weeks ago, where they go to these walls, and they blow trumpets, and the walls come down. They go in, and they take this city. And so this is amazing celebration. It is a huge win. It is a huge victory. Uh, they're celebrating. Things are wonderful. Now this happens in the very next chapter, There's this town, and hey, we don't, you know, there's only a few guys there, let's just send a few. And then they get defeated. They have to run back home. Here it is, miracles followed by heart-dropping defeat. Have you ever had those moments where like, man, things just went amazing. Things were well, things were good, followed by, I can't believe that that just happened. I mean, even today, like some of you, you'll probably come to church, like, man, how was church? It was good. The worship leader, he man Alan sang my favorite song, that whole that whole part, he did it, and it was just for me. And they were I just loved it. And then you got in the car and them kids acted so crazy and you're just like, oh like right now it's that moment where some of us are getting back these things called tax returns. And it's like, yes, I'm getting back $1,500, and it just feels like free money, and you're so excited, and you're making all these plans of what you are going to do with your money. I mean, you've already got that thing spent. The check isn't even in the bank yet, but you got it spent. You know you do, because after all, it just feels like free money, even though we already paid it, but we're just getting it back. And so you're all happy you're planning the new big screen TV. It's going to be awesome. What do you think about that, honey? You ain't getting no TV, but that's what I think we should get. And then all of a sudden you hear a rattle. Man, what's that coming from the air conditioner? It sounds like about $1,500 coming from the air conditioner. <laughs> no, no, for the love. Right? It's just like, amazing win, defeat. And you're just, oh, why did this happen? I can't believe it's happening. I mean, miracles are happening. Walls are following. And in this moment, you can't help but think the people are like, man, God's, God's pleased with us. We're blessed. Look at all of the stuff that's hap- happening. But, but I would kind of submit to you this morning that that kind of thinking is a very slippery slope. It's a very, very slippery slope because uh, if, if, if our relationship with God is based on things going right, what does it mean about our relationship with God when things are going wrong? And all of a sudden, we, you, there's this kind of language oftentimes we use uh, as Christians. And one of the, probably the most famous ones is like, hey, how are you doing today? I am blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. How are you? I'm blessed, man. Things are good. Things are wonderful. I'm blessed. But what about when everything's going wrong? Are you still blessed? That's right. But do we say it? Do we feel it? Do we mean it? Do we realize it? Oftentimes, I I think we get caught up in what God is doing through us That we forget that it's not just about what he's doing through us, but what he's doing in us. See, I'm I'm far, I think God is far more concerned about what he's doing in you than just what he's doing through you. Because if it's just about what he's doing through you, then man, there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times, there's going to be times where you experience the success sometimes, where you experience the failure. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden your relationship with God can be based on circumstances, and, and, and all of a sudden, if there's miracles and if there's blessings, we begin to believe that that's God's stamp of approval. But if there's pain and there's suffering, then hold on, God must be angry with us. What, what, what's wrong? Yet, this is kind of how we live. And so, you can imagine the people, they've experienced the success, they've experienced it, and, and, and now, I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but... It's a pretty good assumption that the children of Israel have gotten pretty arrogant. And and let me tell you why this has happened. Because not long before, uh, the entire nation was afraid to go in and take the promised land. As a matter of fact, they were so afraid that, hey, there's giants in the land, there's no way that we could do it, we're like grasshoppers to them, that an entire generation takes laps and laps around a mountain for 40 years, and they die in the wilderness. And finally, there's a generation that's raised up, and it's like, okay, we're going to do it, we're going to cross the Jordan, we're going to fight these battles, and God is going to do something. And so they, they kind of, they muster up this faith, they muster up this courage, and they begin to do and walk in what God is telling them. And the very first thing is they have a battle in which the summation of the battle is them walking around a wall, blowing trumpets, and then God bringing the wall down, Right? The very next thing is they're going to have to go fight another town in which they look and they see the people and they say, hey, don't even send that many guys. Only send about 3,000. There's only a few of them. We could take them out. Seriously? Like, hold on. Wait a minute. Do Do you see the progression there? You've experienced a little bit of success and so now you think that you could just like send in a few guys and you're going to take out. You haven't even really fought a real battle yet because God did all the work on the other one. You didn't cause no walls to fall down. God did all the work. And now you think, ah, we could do it. Just send a few guys, Joshua. Uh, we find out later that there's actually 12,000 people in this city. And they're like, hey, we're just going to send three. They're, they're, they're saying oh, one in four odds, That's good. We're good. Like, they, they've, they've gotten to this point where just like, whoa, anything goes. It's okay. And, and, and then it doesn't. <laughs> they actually go running in fear, and they're chased down this mountain. And, like, what's happening? And so Joshua's there, and he's, he's tearing his shirt. He's going Incredible Hulk on him. You know, he's laying on the ground. He's, the Bible says he's pouring dirt all over his face, and he's crying out, God, Why? Why did this happen? And then he just begins whining. God, why did you bring us over here? We should have just been content to stay on the other side, or all of this. And he's just whining and whining to God. And here's the thing. I don't think God minds us whining to him. He doesn't mind the why question. He doesn't mind us asking God, why is this happening? Why is, this, why is there this pain? Why is there suffering?" I think what he does mind, though, is us assuming that we know the answer. See, because Joshua thought that he had it figured out. Joshua, I man, there has to be a reason. God, why Why are you doing this? And, and he's already like pointing the fingers. The whole time he's basically saying, God, you did this. God, I'm making all of these assumptions right now on why we're defeated and why you would do this. Uh, and it's just, God, you are to blame. We have this pattern as people, as human beings, that when things go bad, wrong our first inclination is to blame someone see israel did it with moses and they did it with everyone i mean adam did it with eve hey what what happened here it was the woman she did it the apple i don't know i was just hanging out i was i was perfectly fine with the orange and she just gave me this apple and it's her fault god I mean, you know it. You know you do that. Like it's just this. It's in us just to blame someone else. I mean, just last week when uh, Tim was talking, uh, Mary and Martha have lost their brother Lazarus. What do they do? They blame Jesus. Jesus, if you would have been here, Jesus, if you would have been here, he wouldn't be dead. It's your fault. Like whatever it is. Think about it. When things go wrong. Man, it's just in us. We want to blame someone. We want to throw the blame out there. This is why. And we're asking the question why, but we've already answered our own why with saying it must have been this, it must have been that. We assume that we know the answer. Have you ever found yourself in the midst of the whining, in the midst of the complaining? In the midst of the blaming, and, and, and you're, you're 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 blaming somebody for something, but halfway through your whining session, you realize how stupid you sound. But you're so committed to the whine that you have to finish it out. You just feel like I've already I'm so committed to seeing this through that I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to its logical end because that's just how we do it. I actually remember this one time. I went to uh, the store and I had this coupon in the mail. It was twenty percent off of a shirt. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get that." I, need- I needed a new shirt because I only wear V-necks. Apparently, that's my thing—like only solid color V's. Drew will point out later. Um, and so I go to there, and the first thing I go to, I'm going to the clearance section because if it ain't on sale, it ain't for me. And so I'm going to the clearance section. I find this shirt I like. I pick it out. I go up to the counter. And, and I give it to the lady. It's on sale. It rings up. And I'm like, Oh, hold on, ma'am. I actually have a coupon, too. And I give her that coupon. She, 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 Sorry, sir, you can't use this. Whoa. Whoa, 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 What do you mean I can't use this? Look, I went here. It clearly says it on the coupon. I checked the expiration date. The expiration date is fine. It's a T-shirt. It doesn't even matter if it's on the clearance. It says it right here on the coupon. What's the problem? I, I, if you can't help me, can I speak to a manager? I'm somebody that can help me get my extra $3 off of this shirt. And then the lady looks at me, I'm sorry, sir, we can't accept this coupon. Do you see what it says? I says, yeah, I see what it says right here. It says, coupon good, 20% off, JCPenney's, what's the problem? The problem is, this is Belks. (laughs) But I'm so committed. I'm like, so y'all don't price match? What (laughs) y'all? You don't have to get the manager, it's all right, I just... I'll take it like it is. You know, I'm like so embarrassed, right? Like, gosh, I didn't know what store I'm at. Like, don't y'all all own it? It's all coming from China. Like, it's just so committed, so committed. And the lady just points it out. Like, I think sometimes if we're going to ask God why, we have to wait long enough for the answer. If we're in the midst of the pain and the hurt and the struggle and things haven't gone our way and we find ourselves whining to God, God has no problem with you letting your petition, letting your cry be known to him. What he does have a problem with is is you assuming you know the answer. Because maybe there's some things happening that you don't know. And the truth is, sometimes God will reveal it. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes it's not until years and years later That you understand why God did things the way he did them. Sometimes it's been what I thought was success actually was failure. And what I thought was failure was actually success. And here's the kicker about it too with this Christian life. Is there certain things that we won't get the answers on this side of eternity. And you are going to have to learn to live with that. Just because you've asked why doesn't mean you're going to get the instant answer. There are going to be times where you're just going to have to walk it out, and later on, God shows you. But I love that he's pouring out his heart. He's asking God why. It's all being directed at God. And and in this case, God is going to show him, but I love how God responds to him. Get up. Like, there's there's no, like, oh, are you okay, Joshua? Are you okay, little buddy? I, I see you got dirt all over your face. Why'd you do that? You, you ripped your shirt. That was a nice shirt. You know how long it's going to take to sew another one? I mean, there ain't no J.C. Penneys. You know he's ripped his shirt. He's got mud on. And God's just like, dude, get up. I mean, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but that's how God talks to me sometimes. Sometimes I, it's that. Oh, God's just going to come around and comfort. And sometimes, yes. But other times, He's just like, Lucas, seriously, Lucas, stop it. Stop that whining get up. Because here's the thing, he says, listen, something's wrong in the camp. Something's wrong in the camp. Some sin has happened in the camp. There's this dude named Achan, and he's stolen some stuff that I said wasn't supposed to be taken, that was supposed to be destroyed. And here's the deal, Joshua, you can't move forward until we deal with this. You can't move forward until we deal with this. Now, do do you see that? There's actually a pattern that's taken here. Like Just before when they've crossed over the Jordan and, and, and getting ready, like God says, hold on, stop again. There's some sin, there's some things that y'all have been disobeying the law of Moses, and we need to take care of this before y'all go any further. This happens time and time again in Scripture where there's these amazing success, there's these amazing miracles, and God says, hold on, breaks. Things, things may like look okay on the outside, but there's something else happening. We can't go any further. There's some disobedience. And the children of Israel have, you think if anyone has learned this the hard way, it's them. Because God's saying, all right, just go in and take the land. Nope. Okay. You ain't going to go any further until you do. It took a whole nother generation. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, okay, Lucas, that's the Old Testament. That's law. We're not under the law anymore. It's It's just grace. And so when God says stuff, we don't really have to obey it because it's grace. Like, it is grace. It's grace that God hasn't taken you out. It's grace that you have made it this far. Come on, somebody. It's grace that you ain't in a ditch somewhere. It's grace that you ain't doing 20 to 25 to life right now. The difference between them and you is you didn't get caught, right? It is grace. It's all grace. And God's like, no, hold on. We've got to deal with some things. We've got, we've got to deal with this. I mean, and could, could you imagine just this conversation that's taking place between Joshua and God, the patience that God has. I mean, he's just whining. There's mud. There's dirt. There's ripped shirts. And God's saying, like, dude, just, just get up. The patience that he has with him. Like, imagine if, if you were God for a moment, would you have the patience that he has for you if you were him I totally messed that up. Let me back up. Would you have the grace for you that God has for you? Huh? Huh? No! No, you wouldn't! Because you get on your own nerves. You know you do. You find yourself, and, it's, and, and, and God just has so much grace. And I, I just think if I was God, and I was looking at Lucas and all of the dumb things that Lucas does, I would just be like, dude, man, just give me another handful of dirt. I'm going to make another one. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas 2.0. I could do these things. Like, no, like, I don't know how how he does it. How so much grace. And, and here I am pointing my fingers and blaming him. God, why? Why the pain? Why the suffering? Why did you do this? Why did you cause us to be defeated? Why did you cause the cancer? Why did you cause the divorce? Why, why, why? See, I'm assuming that I know that it was your fault. And I just, I need someone to blame because everything was going so well, things have gone bad, and there has to be someone to blame, and it has to be anybody but me. So God, I need to blame you, or I need to blame my spouse, or I need to blame my employer, or I need to blame my pastor, or I need to blame my mama from that thing that happened when we were five, or I need to blame this, or I need to blame that dude at the KFC drive-thru. He gets on my nerves every time. God, it's his fault. He burnt up the chicken one too many times. God, it's somebody else's fault. It ain't my fault. I need someone to blame. And God's like, no, listen, bro, there's this dude named Aiken, and he's stolen something, now, what's amazing is the way that they actually call out Achan in the scripture here. It, God tells them. And so Joshua actually has the nations all rise up one by one. So actually, let's do that for a second. Like, if everyone would just stand up for a moment, imagine this is happening. This is how, except for there's like a million people. And Joshua's like, all right, we're going to find out who the thief is up in here. God's going, all right, so the thief is from Holden Beach. So if you are not from Holden Beach, please take your seat. Oh, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I knew those Holden Beach people. One of them. Okay, the thief is not on the island, so if you're on the island, you can sit down. Like, do you see how awkward it's getting really? Motivated? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, so the tribe, the tribe's is like, we have been defeated because of one of these people. All right, it's a, it's a dude, so if you're a lady, you're in the clear. Like Bridget was sweating up here. Bridget was like, "Oh, it wasn't me, y'all!" Oh. All right, we're down to like four people. Like, oh, and if you have, um, it's it's. Oh, yeah. Hold on, God. Who is it? If you have a red beard, <laughs> <laughs> we found them, right? We have found the perpetrator. Like this is what happens in the scripture. Like Joshua just calls this brother out in front of everybody. He's like, dude, Achan, what'd you do? And then Achan's like, yeah, man, we were, we were going through the city, and I saw this robe. And I saw this silver. And I saw this gold bar. Dude, this gold bar, it weighed over a pound. And he says this, I saw it, and I wanted it. I saw it, and I wanted it. And I took it. It's true. I was the one. He said, I I took it and I I went back to my tent and I dug a big hole. And if you go, if you go look at my tent, you flip it up, you'll find a hole. You're gonna find the gold, you're gonna find the silver, and you're gonna find a robe. It was me. And what's amazing at this moment. Because who hasn't been aching? Who hasn't seen something? And even though God said no, you wanted it. I saw it. It looked good. I wanted it. But here's the thing. What good is a robe buried in the sand? What good is silver and what good is gold buried deep where you can't spend it and you can't use it? See, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to have a car that I can't drive. I don't want to have a house that I can't live in. I don't want to have possessions that I can't use them for their purpose. And see, but that's exactly what the world does. The, wall, the world puts these things in front of our eyes that says, this is, wh- this is what's going to bring you peace. This is what's going to bring you joy. This is what's going to bring you security. And when you saw it, you wanted it. And it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was QVC special. And you just thought to yourself, i got to have that Ginsu knife because who doesn't need to cut through pennies all the time? I mean, that's just it's a hobby. I'm just going to cut through pennies with these knives. I saw it and I wanted it. But then your wife came out and she said, boy, what are you doing at 2 o'clock in the morning watching QVC? No, you can't have those Ginsu knives. And then, come on, man, you, you, you got mad because who, 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 is, who is she to tell me I can't have them? Who—who who you? do I'm the man of this family. Girl, if I want some... Some QVC Ginsu knives. I'm gonna get me some QVC Ginsu knives. Ain't nothing wrong with them. Ain't a sin to have some QVC Ginsu knives. I remember a few years back, I saw all these boys were driving motorcycles. I saw Kenneth Powell, and he's just cool. Brother is just cool. Get around. Just after church, just walk by him. Brother smells good, (laughs) smelling like some Ralph Lauren riding motorcycles. I'm like, I don't know if you could ride a Harley and smell that good, bro. <laughs> but he's got his motorcycle. I remember telling Devin, I was like, man, I don't, I just, I'd like to have a motorcycle. No, you don't. <laughs> what do you mean, no, I don't? If I want a motorcycle, girl, I, I, I could get me a motorcycle. Mm-hmm, good luck. <laughs> and I just remember this thing in me when she told me no, that I was like, but I'm supposed to be the man. I'm supposed to, how do you react when somebody tells you no? How do you react when God tells you no? How do you react when God tells you no on something that may never even be a sin? See, ain't nothing wrong with the robe. Ain't nothing wrong with the gold. Ain't nothing wrong with the silver. God just said, that ain't for you. That ain't for you. Don't touch it. I got some other stuff for you. But he said, but I saw it. And I wanted it. See, this, honestly, like this is actually a litmus test for leadership. How do you react when someone tells you no? How do you react when your boss tells you no? How do you react when your spouse tells you no? Because it's the same way you're going to react when God tells you no. Now, I've actually used this quite often at the church. Something will come up and I'll just tell somebody no. And just watch to see how they react. And all of a sudden... Sometimes you will see some stuff come out of people. They, whoa, whoa, I didn't expect that from that brother. He's a cool guy until you tell him no, right? She was awesome until you told her no. And it's true because here it is. God's just saying, listen, all of this stuff that you see in this town, like there's, there's going to be plenty of gold and silver and robes, but that's going to come later. For you, it's not going to happen. no. See, there's actually later on in the scriptures, there's, there's going to be this point where David's like, God, man, I want to build you a temple. I want to build you this temple that's going to be beautiful. And God's like, you know what? That's nice, but no. But man, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. God, I wanna, it's going to be sweet. Nope. Your son's going to do it. How do we react when God tells us no? See, what happens is it'll bring to the surface our ulterior motives it'll bring to the surface things that oh man because i don't know about you but i just saw it and i wanted it and i had to have it and it doesn't matter that i've got to put it underneath my tent see we make these plans and maybe some time will go by and people will forget about it and then then i could use it and then i could i could use those those gold bars man that's, that's a man that's a pound i don't man that's worth a lot of money i could trade that i could get me two new donkeys you know i don't know what it is i could get me a new tent it's going to be sweet but i just got to wait I've got to wait it out. I'm just going to bury this thing here in the dirt so no one sees it. I've got to hide it. I've got to conceal it. I've got to cover it up. I've got to lie about it. I, I, I know it looks good, Aiken. I know it looks good, but it ain't for you. What are you telling me, God? Like, oh, are, are you anti-robes and anti-gold and anti-silver? Like, God, are you anti, like, nightwear pajama pants? Like, what is it? Like, ain't nothing wrong with robes. Robes are good. Yeah, but it ain't for you. But, but hold on, God. Like, like, God doesn't have a problem with any of this. Like, do you see the temple later on? I mean, they're, they're man, and all of this stuff. Even then, like, they're, they're, the, the tabernacle, man, then those them priests love some robes. There's gold everywhere, there's silver and purple stuff, which, to be honestly is pretty tacky to me. But apparently, that's God's style. He's like, man, give me some purple curtains. So Isn't like, all right, God, you know. I repent, Lord, but you know and the Christians, y'all start painting stuff purple all the time. But the thing is, God's just like, no, 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 that ain't for you. Hold on. Wait. No, I, there, there's some things in my heart that I've been praying about, that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but God has said, no. No, Lucas. I mean, thank God, but these are really good. There's, there's one particular thing that it's been almost a decade, it's been almost 10 years of me praying this prayer and wanting, and it's a really good thing, but God's like, nope, it ain't the right time. That ain't for you. I'm like, okay, God. Okay, God. Where am I gonna be like, I'm gonna get it anyway. I'm gonna get it anyway. And the thing is, I think some of us, we've done that. We've seen it and we've wanted it. And it's destroyed us. We have all kinds of things buried in the ground, and the very thing that we thought would bring us peace has brought us trouble. Because remember, Aiken's got to go to bed night after night, laying on this stuff, and, and gold doesn't make a good mattress, y'all. It's actually very, very uncomfortable. And he's laying on me, and the very thing that I thought was going to bring me peace, the very thing that I thought was going to bring me comfort, it's destroyed it. There's no more peace in my life. I've got to lie to everybody that I love about it. I've got to hide it. I don't want anyone to see it because I saw it, and I I thought it would be good, but it ain't good. And now God's saying, hold on, pause a minute, Christian. See, there's some things maybe in your life, maybe it ain't sin for anybody else, but it was sin for you. Maybe it ain't like the big sin, right? But maybe there's something that God said, he said no to you specifically, and you know that he said no, but you went ahead anyway, and God's like, we ain't moving no further until you get it right. There's some things that have to be taken care of, because think about it. Some of us, we've had those dreams, we've had those hopes for the future, and everything that we thought was gonna bring us comfort has actually brought us pain. I could just think about Ake and I hear it's, We've buried it. If you go to my tent, you look underneath, you got to you got to dig through. You got to dig through all the junk. Because there's some stuff underneath that gold doesn't serve its purpose buried in the ground. But it's there. That robe doesn't help anybody, but if you keep if you look hard enough somewhere under this tent, I don't I don't know. Oh ho. Maybe there's something that I don't want anybody else to see. See, I took something that was in the light and I put it in the darkness because I don't want anyone to know that I took it. But God knows. But God knows. And his word says, that which is done in the secret will be brought into the light. Now think about that for a moment. That what is done in secret will be brought into the light. That could bring two different reactions into your heart. One, it could bring about fear of, oh, my God, I don't want anybody to see that. Or it could bring incredible hope of, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that, there's been a lot of prayers that nobody knows about. There's a lot of offerings. There's a lot of things that I've just done as unto the Lord, and I can't wait until the day that I stand in his presence. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I didn't get the reward here on earth that I thought, but there's going to be a reward in heaven. Because the truth is, Achan, uh, it wasn't just about burying the silver and the gold. The truth is, I believe he buried his heart that day. He, bu- he buried his, pers- his, his purpose and his passion. He buried it six feet under the ground. And, so there's this moment, there's our heart, there's our passion, there's our hope, and there's these things that we've seen it and we've wanted it. And God says, yeah, but here's the thing. You can't just store up for yourself treasures here on earth. You've got to store up treasures in heaven. And when we as a people, when we begin to store our treasures in heaven, you know what happens? Our heart goes along with it. Because where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And so whenever I do things for the king and I do things for the kingdom, not because I have to to earn his love, just because out of the outpouring of grace and salvation that he's given me, my heart has then found its home in heaven. And this is what's amazing. I then reach in and bring out, and I bring a little bit of heaven down here to earth. And there is peace in my life, and there is hope in my life, and there is a joy and a comfort, and it's no longer dictated by circumstances. It no longer matters if it's a good day or a bad day or if we won the battle or lost the battle because, God, my heart is yours and all I have is in you and all you have is in me. And, God, I want to know you just and know you as I am fully known because, God, you're worth it. You're worth it all. And here's the thing. He said, I saw it and I want it. And the thing is, if we could just get a glimpse of the Lord, if we could get a glimpse of Jesus, I guarantee you'll see him and you'll want him. And nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else would do. Because God, my eyes have seen your glory. And there is no gold bar. There is no nothing that I could want to do to sell my soul. Because God, you are worthy of all of the praise. But the truth is, oftentimes we find ourselves like Achan. And we've sold out to the things of this world. And our heart is aching. I'm aching, just like aching. My heart is aching. And God, I want my heart back. I want my passion back. God, I want my love back. I want to know what it is to love unconditionally. Everyone, please stand to their feet. To know you, the power of the resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering, God, to have a relationship with you that's no longer based on circumstances. God, but you're my all. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.